Welcome to the Heart Matters Podcast with your host, Ibn Leon. Join us as we explore the intricacies of spirituality and self-improvement. Gain a fresh perspective on enhancing your spiritual, emotional, and mental well-being through the fusion of spirituality and self-improvement. Enjoy Ibn's engaging conversations with guests from diverse backgrounds. They share unique perspectives on personal growth and holistic health. From spiritual leaders to relationship experts, entrepreneurs to creatives, each episode delivers knowledge and inspiration. Tune in to the Heart Matters podcast for profound conversations and practical advice empowering you to live your best life. Chapter 5 Inspiring Stories Hello everybody, welcome to the Heart Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Lewis Morris, Relationship and Spiritual Life Coach. My passion is helping the women and couples deepen their connection, communication, and intimacy with one another and with the creator of the heavens and the earth. Today we have Taryn Ambrose on. She is 20 years old and she was born and raised in Vermont. We might talk about that. Where she still attend, where she attends Castleton University with a major in English and a minor in psychology. She is also the author of her debut poetry book, Hold On. It is for the broken, the sad, and the unwanted. It is currently out for pre-order on Amazon and will officially be released on September the 26th. She also has a severe case of scoliosis and she has 10 pounds of metal in her spine. And because of that, her family gave her the nickname Cyborg. Please welcome Taryn Ambrose to The Heart Matters. How are you, Tamron? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now, Taryn is a little nervous. This is her first interview. So, you know, we're going to, you know, make sure that you're relaxed and that you just take it easy and we're just going to have a little talk. Okay, so first tell the people about yourself. Tell the people about um, when did you find out that you had scoliosis? So my parents found out, I believe when I was 14 months, because on my, I think it was my right side, because that's why I still have the indent. They noticed an indent on my side and they took me to a few different doctors, tried to figure stuff out. First they said, oh, it's just the way she was laying. And then eventually we found out it was scoliosis. And from there <laughs> was a 10 year journey of surgeries and craziness, essentially. <laughs> okay, could you tell, for people who don't know what scoliosis is, could you give them a brief description of what it is? So scoliosis is a curvature of the spine. My curve was a C curve. So think of the letter C, that's essentially how my spine was curved. Though the most common curvature is an S curve in which uh, the person actually has two separate curves. And um, C, S and C curves, just honestly, just think of the letters and it explains it right there, what it looks like. There are different 
types, there's also like kyphosis, which is, um, I believe that's the one where you're hunched over. So people call that hunchback. But uh, for me, mine was a C curve. So mine was in the shape of a C. So mine's, I guess, a little bit more on the rear side because not as many people have that kind of curvature. Okay, so how did you, when you, when you were old enough to understand what was going on with your body, how did you deal with it? I mean, what what was your mindset like? Um, I think things really started taking off when I was around four. And my parents growing up, they always made sure that I knew everything that was going on. They never lied to me about anything. If I was going to go see a doctor, I was going to go for a surgery, they made sure up front that I knew that's exactly what was happening. They didn't try to play it off as like, oh, we're going to get ice cream. They made sure I knew exactly. So I guess that kind of helped me feel comfortable with it. And it helped me to understand more of what was going on. And surprisingly, when I was younger, I handled it, I guess, much better than I do now. Because although I was aware of everything that was going on, I was a little bit more, um, I guess, positive with it. Like, I'm positive now, but back then I was more willing to, I guess, like, okay, well, let's jump into it. Let's get it done with, where now I'm a little bit more apprehensive. So back then, I definitely, I had a good reaction to it. I was scared because I was young, but... I also, I, I wanted to basically, I guess, look in the eyes of danger, as they say, and I wanted to defeat it. And so I guess it kind of went from there. It was surprisingly positive for me, obviously mm. terrifying, but surprisingly had quite a bit of positivity to it, which, I mean, just thinking about it now actually still surprises me. Okay, so what? why is it more difficult for you now? I think it's more difficult for me now because I guess now compared to then, I, I understand more of what was happening. Back then, I knew what was happening. I knew, okay, well, I have to get this surgery. This is going to happen. But I didn't really think of any of, I guess, like the consequences or what could or could not happen. Whereas now I'm more aware of like, oh, well, when I was, you know, when I was uh, in surgery, this could have happened or that could have happened. And I guess as I've grown up, I've been not I wouldn't say exposed but I guess I've realized more of you know basically the what ifs like what could have happened you know what if this did happen where back then it was more of like I just gotta get through this and I'm done where now I can overthink a lot okay all right I understand okay so are you finished with the surgeries and, and things are you done with that yeah I'm finished I had my last surgery when I was 13 it was the spinal fusion um and since then, I've been good. As far as I know of, I don't have to have any other surgeries unless uh, the rods in my back, unless they break, which from what I've been told uh, is very unlikely to happen because my rods are essentially part of my spine now. Mm. Uh, they're all fused together. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Vermont. Uh, listen, I heard it's very beautiful in Vermont. This is what I've heard. This is what I've been told. Is that the case? I mean, is it is it really like uh, picturesque in Vermont? I think it is. It's very beautiful. Um, I think especially during fall, mainly because that's my favorite season. But uh, the way that everything looks, like you see the leaves change. And then in Vermont, we have a lot of mountains. Uh, I think we're considered the mountain state, if, I'm, <laughs> if I remember correctly. But uh, when we, you know, we drive down the highway or something, you can see the mountains and like, you know, um, in front of us, beside us, whatever. And they are so beautiful, especially in fall. You see all the leaves changing color and 
it's just a very beautiful landscape. And I think the mountains definitely help with that. I think like that's the main attraction. Yeah. Okay, I've, I've, I've always wanted to go to Vermont. That's why I wanted to ask the question because everybody, everybody who's ever been there, they always say how beautiful it is there in Vermont. Okay, so let's talk about school. All right, I, I, I have a couple of questions about this here. Okay, why did you why did you minor in psychology? What is that about? Uh, so I've always been interested in psychology. Growing up, I guess a part of me always wondered how the brain works. Uh, how is the, you know, how do people, why do they react the way they do to things? You know, why do we do some of the things that we do? And my main focus, I guess, in psychology or my main interest in psychology is uh, mental disorders. I've always wondered how they, how they work, how they function, what they do to the person and like, I guess, what's going on? Why are they like that? And a part of me wants to become a psychologist and so I started pursuing psychology as a minor for now to basically get a feel for what I'm looking at. I wanted to figure out exactly like what do I need to do to become this and I guess figure out if that is something that I actually want to do. So right now psychology is more, I guess for me a side project as I would call it. It's more of, I have that on the side for like my side interest. Well, my main focus is like writing or whatever else I'm doing at the time. Okay, so so the other side, so you said the side of you wants to become a psychologist. What does the other side wanna do? The other side wants to be an author. It's something I've wanted since I was younger. So growing up with my backgrounds and my scoliosis, I was never able to play sports. I'm still not allowed to. Uh, contact sports are out of the question. So I, whenever I was in gym class in school, I would always feel so left out because I'd have to sit on the bench. You know, middle school up, I'd have to sit on the bench. I couldn't do anything. I had to sit there and watch. And it made me feel left out. And I felt, I guess, like an outcast. And so I turned to writing because it made me feel connected to the world. But also my dad used to be a writer. So it made me feel connected to him, which helps when it feels so much like an outcast. And so since then, I've kind of drifted towards wanting to be an author to see my own work published, be able to hold my own work, because it makes me feel, I guess, normal. It makes me feel more connected, if that makes sense. It does. Okay, so let's talk about your dad. What does your dad write? Your dad, what, what type of books did your father write? Is he, is he still with you? My dad's still with me, yeah. Um, he doesn't write anymore, unfortunately, but when he did write, from my understanding, it was um, a lot of mystery. One of my, he actually had one of his books, it was short, it was called The Summer Job Mystery, and it's one of my favorites, like, he, the way that he wrote it, the way that, like, everything plays out, I really enjoyed it, and I think that's part of what inspired me, and I think he also wrote a little bit of, uh, I'd say, thriller, which might be why I get my, <laughs> where I get my love for thriller horror from, is probably from that. Okay. All right, so what type of books, okay, so your first book is a poetry book. So is that what you want to do? Do you want to write just poetry or you want to write poetry and, you know, fiction or, you know, what, what genres are you, do you want to deal with as far as your writing is concerned? Um, I think my goal is to, I guess, poetry, because that's something I started when I was younger. I was in high school. I started doing it for that reason, but then um, I also like to write fiction. 
I actually have a fiction series I still need to edit that I wrote when I was younger, but I think it would be a mixture of poetry and fiction. Um, I mean, I might, I'm thinking about possibly spreading my wings into romance, so I've kind of struggled with it a little bit, but I don't, I guess for me personally, having just one set genre to focus on, my, I don't know, I can't do that. I like having variety. So I guess basically, um, for now, it would be poetry and fiction. All right, what's the name of the uh, fiction book that you wrote? Um, so the fiction book that I wrote, it was a series. So there's four books in the series. The first one is Mind Games. The second one is Illusions. Third one is Headcase. And fourth one is Delusional. And then there's one that I'm currently working on called False Idol. Okay, so what are these books about? So my series is actually about, um, uh, <laughs> I would say a toxic relationship. Um, at the time when I wrote it, I was really into wrestling. I mean, I still love wrestling, but I was really into wrestling. It was like one of my biggest things at the time. So that's what the series is based off of. And um, I think my like title for the series is the Psychotic Rivalry Series because it takes place so you have Dax and you have Abigail and they were basically, they were a couple and then it fell apart for whatever reason. I don't remember exactly why, but it fell apart and now the relationship is extremely toxic and there's a lot of I guess, dangerous things happening. And so it focuses on them and their relationship throughout like the series. And I guess I would call it like a dark romance, which is part of the reason I want to go into romance a little bit is I guess to write some like light romance instead of that. And um, False Idol is actually, it's fun to talk about. It's about a killer author. <laughs> um, I don't know where I got the inspiration for it from, but essentially we have our, um, author named Noah Sturman and he has a very dirty past and he does book signings basically to lure in his victims and our main character uh, Desiree is one of the victims for this and I also have I guess what I would say like a side plot where it has the two detectives who are on this case named Lee and Krushank and their chapters are honestly my favorite to write because their dynamic is hilarious but yeah, so <laughs> one of the, the series is about a psychotic rivalry, and then the other one's about a killer author. Okay, so where did you get these ideas from? Where where are you getting these uh, these concepts from? Honestly, I'm <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure. The rivalry one, it's just because I was really into a wrestler at the time. Uh, coincidentally, with the same last name, his name was Dean Ambrose. He now wrestles in a different company under a different name, but I was obsessed with his character at the time. And so I wanted to, I guess, kind of base a character off him because I really loved him in wrestling. And then Abigail just came to mind and she's a little loony. So Abigail is like the opposite of me, essentially. Um, she's very vindictive, very aggressive and rude. And I, I like to think I'm friendly, but uh, I don't, I don't know exactly where I got the idea from. It's just one day I was like, you know what, it'd be really cool to write a book named Mind Games. And then I guess the plot just kind of followed. And mm. with False Idol, I don't, I don't know exactly where. I think I might have seen something online and it sparked something in me. And then I just kind of ran with the idea. But I've also read other books. Um, there's one that's similar, I guess, but it's just about some random guy that kidnaps people named The Cabin, I believe, or uh, no, The Cellar. It was called The Cellar by uh, Natasha Preston. It's one of my favorite books. 
and in that one um people get kidnapped and then it has like her family trying to look for her and stuff so I kind of took inspiration from that plus like other random things I found on the internet and I guess I just kind of mushed them together so <laughs> okay uh, all right so all right let me let me uh I need to get your process here I need you know because you know I write a little bit uh I think you know that right you you you've seen some of my stuff online I write a little bit right yeah so when you how long does it take for you to complete a work I mean the first draft not completely I mean the first draft how long does it take for you to complete a first draft of a work um I'm not entirely sure when I was writing the series at the time I was so focused on that I mean I think I was in like middle school then high school when I was working on it so I had a little bit more um free time and I guess ability to focus on it so I got those finished really fast I think one of the books I don't remember which one I think it might have been the third one I managed to finish within my summer so like from I think like May June to August I think I worked on this book and I was able to finish it then um and pretty much the entire series was like that I was able to finish it relatively quickly because I just I just got so obsessed with writing it that that's all I want to do where the current book I'm working on false idol I still haven't finished a first draft and I think I've been working on it for like a year or two and I know part of my issue is that I can't focus I guess so that's a big thing is being able to focus but this one also feels a little bit heavier than the other one like the other one had a lot of heavy themes but this one feels heavier because of all of the things that like um Noah, the author, all the things that he has to do. So it's kind of you have to think like him, and at certain points, I just I can't get to that mind space. So. Okay, what do you, what do your friends say about your writing? Um, my friends are very supportive of it. They I like to tell them about my ideas, and they give me feedback. So a couple of my biggest fans, I guess I'd say, are my parents. So my dad, because he used to be a writer, will actually, if I go to him, he will help me figure out stuff in my book. Like, oh, I'm stuck at this one part. He'll try to help me and figure it out. And he'll give me like three different ideas of where I can go with it. And then I have to figure out which one I think works best. Okay. And my mom isn't uh, a writer. She's just a reader. So I go to her to get the reader's perspective. But outside of the family, my friends generally, they listen to me talk about it. They're very supportive of it. Um, they think it's really awesome. And I'm doing the fact that I'm actually writing a full book. So it's honestly amazing. <laughs> okay, do you edit your own work or do you get somebody else to do it? Uh, for right now, I'm editing my own work, but I'm hoping in the future I could um, have somebody like hire an editor to do it. But for now, I think uh, for my series, at least I have the first draft. So like go through and edit that the way that I think fits. And then in the future, like get other eyes on it because you know, my, I'm so wrapped up in the book that like there's certain things that might not be in, need to be in there, but I want them to be in there because I'm attached to it. So having another set of eyes look at it might help eliminate the stuff I don't need. Okay. All right. So one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on is because you write poetry and poetry is my favorite form of writing. <laughs> I think I, it is. I think it's the most personal form of writing that one can do although any any form of writing uh it has a, a little bit it's going to be a little bit personal because writing's just that way but i think yeah. poetry is more so so when i 
saw that you had written this poetry book and it was uh, coming out on Amazon. I said, let me try to get Taryn on the show. And you agreed. So let's talk about the book a little bit, all right? Let me tell everybody, it's coming out on the 26th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. It only costs like what, 150? Uh, I think it's 199. Yeah, you're not trying to make any money off it. No, I just wanted to get it out there. Okay, all right. So, guys, you can go to uh, Amazon and uh, pre-order it for 199. So, why did you name it? Why did you call it "Hold On"? Um. So, when I first started writing this book, originally I started writing it because I was heartbroken. So there was a boy in high school uh, that I. I fell for, I say, because I've never had feelings like this for anybody else. And him and I were best friends and I wanted I wanted to be with him. You know, I had a, the like hugest crush on him, wanted to be with him. And so the first poem that I wrote, although I think it's towards the end of the book, is called The Girl He Never Noticed or The Girl You Never Noticed. Yeah, The Girl He Never Noticed. And it may, I felt invisible to him. So originally I started writing the book because of that, because I need somewhere to get my feelings out. And so I came up with the name Hold On because at that time I was feeling very hopeless. I was feeling kind of down and out and like, well, if he doesn't love me, then I'm not going to find it. And so I named it Hold On as basically a reminder to myself, but also to anybody who reads it to essentially do what it says, hold on. Like I was going through a really tough time. So it's a message for me telling myself to hold on, don't give up. Like we're going to get through this. You need to just hang on a little bit longer and everything will be okay. So I guess like the title came from, it, it came from um, like a bad place, I guess, like place of mind, but it came from the heart. So it kind of has like a sweet and sour meaning behind it. Okay. But it's, yeah, it's mainly just a message to just keep holding on, essentially. Okay, could you, could you, would you mind reading that poem uh, for us? The one that you wrote about this guy. We're going to talk about this guy too. All right, just a second. All right, yeah, let's see if we can get this poem. Yeah, because I, I, want, I want to talk about this guy, too. You know? Yeah, I, I don't want you to tell me his name or anything. I don't want to, you know, you know, put the guy out there. But we're going to talk about this dude, you know, who, uh, who did this, all right? Yeah, no problem. All right, so this is the first poem, I think. Like, I wrote poems for school or whatever. But my first, like, poem that I wrote personally, so it's not the best. But all right, so The Girl You Never Noticed. Doesn't it bother you the way you walk by me? Don't you feel bad for the way you behave? You should know that it kills me to see you walk on by without looking at me, glancing down at the floor as I watch on with teary eyes. Can't you see me? Don't you see me standing here waiting for you? I'm sorry I'm not good enough, but I can't stick around, even if I want to. So this is goodbye from the girl you never noticed. Mm. Wow. Okay, so this guy, we're not, like I said, we're not going to mention his name. All right, so mm -hmm. you, you you and this guy, you, you're talking with this guy because I assume you and him would, you know, you're talking, you're conversating and stuff. Did he ever ask you out? I think at one point, uh, he had just broken up with his girlfriend who at the time was my best friend. And um, he asked me out and I told him at the time that I wanted to be in a relationship with him, but... Um, I was still trying to heal from everything that happened with my surgeries. That was only like a couple years before this. And so I didn't feel like I was in the right mindset, but I wanted, I wanted to date him. So I asked him basically like, can we take it slow? Can we, you know, that, cause I do want to be with you. And essentially what happened was he didn't want to wait. And so he moved on 
Wow. And it, I mean, I, <laughs> I understand, I guess, to a point, like looking back on it, I understand basically why he did that. He, you know, didn't want to wait around or whatnot. Some people don't want to, and that's perfectly fine, I guess, but it, it still hurt me because I did really like him and I wanted to be with him. I just need that little bit of time to, I guess, finish my healing. And I wanted him to be there with me to kind of help me through that. And I guess he just wasn't up for it. Okay, do you still see him? I actually don't. After high school, we lost contact. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think I've seen him since. Uh, I don't think he lives around, I think we might live in the same state, but I think he lives like a few towns over from where I am. So I haven't seen him. I still talk to his girlfriend now and then though. I think we're friends online. Okay, so he, uh, both of you, he's in college now too, right? Um, I think so, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay, all right, never mind. Let's get off him because I don't want to, you know, <laughs> we don't want to give him too much time. All right, so what is, uh, what's your favorite poem in the book? So my favorite poem in the book is uh, titled Sick. Okay, could you could you read is, is sick long or short? Um not that it matters. It doesn't matter to me, but I, know, I, I love poetry. So <laughs> yeah, whether it's long or short, it doesn't matter. You know, like I said, that was one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show is because of the poetry book. You know, I'm you know, I wrote a poetry book too. Well, I wrote a couple of them and they're not selling, but <laughs> but you know that again that, like you don't go into it for that purpose you know what I'm saying when you're writing these things that's not your goal your goal is to get certain things off your off your chest so what's the name of the poem that's your favorite it's called sick yeah okay you it's, got it ready do you have it ready yeah i do it's one okay. of my it's not super long but it is one of my longer ones okay go ahead and read it for us then all right sick you don't look sick some have said do you not see the bags under my eyes or the scratches covering my wrist entirely? What about the bruised skin covering my thighs? Underneath that skin are nightmares that torture me in the night, reminding me of my wrongdoings. Underneath my skin is a world I wish I didn't live in anymore. It fuels my insanity, making me dizzy and weak. Under my skin is a world where I hide, but it doesn't work. I've seen those, I'm seen by those around me, even though I wish to stay hidden. I am lost and underneath my skin are my regrets, my wishes to be free. I want to be like you. I want to get away, but there's no way out, and I'm stuck in the middle. I may look fine, healthy even, but I'm really not. I'm falling apart at the seams, wishing for better dreams. I may not look sick, and yet I am. Hmm. Okay, why did you write sick? Um, I think I wrote sick because at the, at the time that I wrote this, I was going through a huge mental health struggle. I hit rock bottom essentially i was doing a lot of unkind things to myself and i needed a, i guess a way to explain to people about what's going on inside of me because uh when it comes to mental health a lot of people are like oh well, you're not sick you look fine and it's like okay well i look fine on the outside but on the inside i'm not and i guess this is my way of basically trying to explain to people that okay sure i'm healthy on the outside but you're not seeing what's going on inside and trying to explain basically my thought process and what I'm going through. And I'm, it's not easy to explain, but you know, you gotta try. Okay, all right, this, all right, we gotta deal with this before we get out of here. 
because <laughs> I'm always, seriously, I'm always trying to, um, well, not always, but I, on a couple of occasions, I've tried to explain to people. And now that I'm a life coach, I, you know, I have people journal as part of the culture. So, but it's difficult for me to explain the therapeutic um, aspect of writing. You know, being that you're smart and you're a college student, could you could you explain it to the audience a little bit why writing is so therapeutic, why it helps you release things from your heart and from your mind? Um, for me, it's therapeutic because I'm what I call a chronic overthinker. So I overthink everything. And my go-to is to usually talk to my parents, especially my mom. She's my best friend. I tell her everything. But sometimes I don't have that. You know, sometimes they're not there. Or sometimes they're not available. And so I turn to writing to get my thoughts out. So essentially for me, what it is, is um, I have all these thoughts swirling in my head. They're eating at me and I need to get them out somehow. And because I can't tell anybody about it because nobody's available at the time, I write them down because they're, they're getting out of me and they're on something else. So it helps me, I guess, deal with the problem. So when it's in your head, it's swirling around, you can't really, you know, everything, you're thinking about everything at once. Nothing's making sense. And then you just, you know, even if it's just word vomit, as I like to call it, you just throw it down on the paper. You can at least take a step back and look at it and I guess figure out what the issue is or figure out what's going on. And that's, that, that's what's therapeutic for me is basically being able to, I guess, see it from uh, a different perspective instead of having it all inside. I get to see it out laid out in front of me and I'm like, oh, okay. And I can actually go through and at least start the process of trying to, I guess, help or fix things. That is an excellent explanation. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that's one of the best I've heard because that's what it does. It gives you an opportunity to, to separate uh, the thoughts and the heartache and the pain and whatever it is that you're going through. You can separate it from yourself and then go look at it and analyze it and pick out the things that you may not have seen because it was still in your body. Yeah. Is that, you know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, exactly. excellent, excellent. I'm gonna have my PR person work on that. Okay, so um, what's your next project, uh, Taryn? You still working on the other book or no? Yeah, I'm still working on False Idol right now. That's one of my, um, I guess one of my biggest goals is to get that completed, at least a first draft. I already know as I'm writing it, there are certain things that I want to change for the second draft, but for now I'm just trying to make sure I get everything out because as I've heard people on Twitter say, and as uh, my mom's told me, you can't edit a blank page. So as long as I get something out there, I can fix it later on. And I'm also brainstorming my second poetry book right now. I've already written a few poems for it because it's been a little rough for me lately, so I've had a lot of inspiration. And I think the title I'm going to go for for my second poetry book is Living on a Prayer. So that's going to be really exciting. I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but I'm really excited. Wow. Oh, Living on a Prayer. Okay, who somebody made a song called Living on a Prayer. You know who this group, this band was who made this song? Um, I believe it's Bon Jovi. It's Bon Jovi. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's Bon Jovi. Okay. Um, 
All right, so how's school going? Let's talk about school before we get out of here because uh, did you just start, did you just start college? No. Yeah, I, uh, well, I started back to college. I'm a junior this okay. year. Okay, so how's school going? Um, so far, so good. It's a little bit different because we're doing, um, as they call it, remote learning. So everything's online and I'm so used to being on campus for everything. So I work on campus, I work at the library on campus and because, um, everything's like remote like the campus is open for um like international students or students who need to live on campus but um otherwise they're kind of asking people not to go unless you have to so i'm not working this semester which kind of sucks uh but otherwise everything's online i do a lot of zoom meetings <laughs> mm. so i'm very familiar with zoom and there's a lot of discussion boards too it's it's been it's been rough because I'm so used to being in person and interacting with people and I guess you know just having that face to face and I I I'm one of those people where I need social interaction sometimes like I thrive off of it like I, you know at night I come back and I like recharge by being by myself but during the day I need that so it's been a little a little rough trying to get that like you know get that social interaction even though I'm online but otherwise in terms of work everything's going well. I think right now I have high grades in my class. I think the lowest I have is a B. So everything's going well right now. And I'm hoping it stays that way. <laughs> okay. Are they telling you when, are they giving you some type of timetable as to when they're going to open the college back up? Um, right now they're not sure. They, they originally planned to open it for the fall, but then decided that they were going to do remote. So they're hoping for the spring to be able to have it available that we'll actually be able to do in person. But at this point in time, as far as I know, they're not a hundred percent sure. Hmm. Okay. All right, Taryn, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Guys, whoever wants to go pick up Taryn's book, it's on Amazon. You can pre-order it. It's $1.99. It's coming out officially on the 26th, right? The 26th of September. Yep, 26. Okay, guys, go pick up uh, Taryn's uh, poetry book. And thank you for coming on. And thank you for explaining that uh, this, this therapeutic writing thing, because that's a big deal, because a lot of people don't understand it and see it. I really appreciate you coming on, Taryn. And uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon, all right? Well, thank you for having me. It means a lot, especially for my first interview. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. See you later. On. Have a good afternoon. All right. All right. Have a good afternoon. Bye. Bye. That was Taryn Ambrose. She is author of the poetry book, Hold On, which is available now for pre-order on Amazon for $1.99. It will be out officially on September the 26th in ebook and paperback. If whoever wants to pick that up, uh, I encourage you to go pick that up on amazon.com. Also, for anyone who wants some daily wisdom and inspiration and advice, and for the latest, my latest blog, I just put out a blog post yesterday called uh, When We Meant and What We've Become. Then follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest. And I love to stay in touch with each of you. Uh, for anyone who wants to download the two free eBooks that 
we are giving away at Lewis Morris Coaching. Go to lewismorriscoaching.com slash ebooks. That's L-O-U-I-S-M-O-R-R-I-S dot com slash ebooks and download the Heart Matters and Relationships in Rhymes. Also for the women and couples who want to increase their intimacy and communication and their connection, then schedule a free consultation call with me on the website at lewismarscoaching.com. And also for the spiritual growth package, you can schedule a free consultation call on the website. And I would love to hear from you and work with you. Uh, Also, I thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Please share and like and download the podcast and we will have a new episode coming out this Sunday. And I appreciate all of you guys support and I will speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Heart Matters Podcast for relationship, spiritual coaching and resources go to the Heart Matters brand link tree, which is linktr.ee slash L-O-U-I-S-M-O-R-R-I-S. That's linktr.ee slash L-O-U-I-S-M-O-R-R-I-S. And we will see you again soon.